Taylor Walker from the Abbey Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giants. That's Brad Ebert from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. You've waited a long time to get to this point. The number two player of the 50 most relevant. Carlton's will set a field. Maybe it's too high for you. Maybe it's just about right. At the end of the day, it's a subjective list, so it's all good with me. Hey, let's talk about Will Setterfield. He is going to be a very popular cash cow this year for us. And to talk all things Will Setterfield, I've got Tim. Hello, mate. How are you? G'day. G'day. Let's talk about him and, and, and go through some of the stats. It's not going to take us long to go through them. Just the two AFL games so far, one of them was an injury-impacted game, and just the seven needful games thus far in his career. So from a kind of mature perspective since getting out of uh, the under-18 championships, we haven't seen a whole heap of Will Setterfield. So this is all very much all about potential. But we've seen a little bit of him at AFL. You know, his first ever game uh, was against, uh, in 2017, was against uh, Richmond. Uh, landed himself a 70 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. It was a 63 in Supercoach. Uh, his seasonal average is back in 2017. We're talking that year because he didn't play last year due to a pretty serious injury. And it's not the only one he's ever had. I want to get your thoughts, Tim, on some of his injuries in a moment. But his average in that year was 44.5 in Supercoach, 49 Point five in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. He is a sweetly nice price in Supercoach. 144900 Just over two fifty in AFL Fantasy. And around about 210000 A little bit more than that in AFL Dream Team. Tim, when we talk about this new Carlton Blue that has been freshly recruited um, from the GWS Giants, there's one major reason Carlton went after him. It is that... They are in desperate need of some big, tall, strong bodies to support their captain, Patrick Cripps. And a fit well, Will Setterfield is going to do exactly that for him. He is. He is. They, uh, they had two cracks at him. They bid on him in his draft year at pick five, which mm-hmm. the Giants matched, obviously. Academy boy. Uh, all rigged lad. And um, then, as is unusual step for the Blues, they went and chased a GWS player. Um, Who would have thought? A couple of years They've later never on. done that. So, no. you know, surprise, surprise. So, um, yeah, I think what he's, he'd just about be their second tallest mid, wouldn't he, behind Cripps? Behind Cripps. I, I don't, definitely don't have all their measurements lined up in, in front of me, but someone like a Gibbons who's joined the club is certainly ver- uh, vertically challenged. He's under 180 centimetres. But Will Setterfield, you know, along with some great new recruits, they've picked up through the draft in, in Stocker and in Walsh, some guys they're really keen on giving some outside run and assistance in Petrovsky seaton and also Fisher. Neither of them are the, some of the biggest boys you've ever seen. And so Will Setterfield is going to come straight into that kind of Carlton midfield and just give some immediate strong presence that they are desperately needing to give some support to Patrick Cripps for. In his seven games at the needful level, and before there have been that unfortunate run of injuries, he's shown some promise. 25 disposals, over four clearances, seven tackles from his seven needful games back in 2017. And while there were two AFL games that year, one of them Injury impact. It got a pretty decent head knock early in the third. It wasn't certainly lighting the game up on fire in that. Only early 20s sort of scores across the formats. But we saw enough in that debut game uh, against the Tigers. 12 possessions, three marks, six tackles. And that's what Carlton have got there because there's been some comparisons about him as a junior player. 
um, to to probably Marcus Bontempelli, whether that's fair or not on the poor kid, to, you know, put a big name, you know, there. But the contrast there is because he makes good decisions um, by hand and foot. Really big presence for a guy running through the midfield and, and really, really classy when he does get an opportunity to deliver the ball. Yep, and uh, obviously being tall um, can outmark uh, a few other mids and can play forward a bit. So hence mid-forward status, hence the Bontempelli Maybe a Fife comparison, yeah. not, not necessarily of that quality at this point in time, sure. but that style of play. So um, obviously that's what the Blues are looking for. And uh, you alluded to earlier with the, the injury histories had. Yeah, buckle up and get a coffee because unfortunately it's fairly lengthy. Yeah, so this is the reason why he's so cheap in all formats, especially Supercoach. So back in 2014, so he got drafted at the end of 2016. So he would have turned 18 in um, 20. 16, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2014, had a knee issue, clear out, had surgery to correct a patellar I- issue. Mm-hmm. 2015, played sore, missed the second half of the season due to that knee injury, had mm-hmm. to rest it. 2016, had concussion, had a foot injury, busted his AC joint in his shoulder. So up to five so far. 2017, had a major ankle injury that took out most of his season. That's why I only played seven NEFL games. He Two got, AFL got games. concussed in his second AFL game. And then pre-season last year, did his ACL. Um, and apparently he's uh, cousins with Izzy Huntingdon from the Doggies, who was the number one pick a couple of years ago in the women's draft. Didn't she just... She did her ACL at the same time as him, or maybe it was slightly before. Similar enough time, right. Yep. So, so just been a bit unfortunate for him. Yeah, and, and there's been throughout this preseason as well. He certainly hasn't had a faultless preseason uh, up until this point. But there's... A couple of major reasons why I've got him so high in the 50 most relevant. Um, Firstly, potential. From a potential of what this player could be is sky high. And at the GWS Giants, where he was initially drafted an academy player, he was never going to be guaranteed the amount of midfield opportunity, even with the departures of Dylan Scheel in the past few months. He was never going to be given the opportunities to be one of the primary movers and shakers inside that midfield unit. They've still got at GWS. They've still got Taranto, Hopper, Ward, Kelly, Canelio, just as like their first primary choices of who they're going to roll through there. Setterfield was never going to get that anytime soon. Whereas coming to Carlton, while they do have some really talented young kids, outside of Crips, there ain't much there. He walks straight in as one of the primary big clearance winners that is going to help move them forward. So that's one of the reasons. Number two of why he's so high in the 50 most relevant is he possesses what we want from every single cash cow. Job security. Yes, we want scoring potential, but we need a guy that is going to play six, eight, ten games in a row for us. And Tim, he walks straight into the best 22 of the Blues. He does. He He's pretty much been recruited for that. I think he's trained midfield, so mm-hmm. he not only walks straight into the team, but straight into the midfield. Second thing that makes his value even stronger than any of the other cash cows, in my opinion, is that dual position link. The opportunity to move him midfield or forward to open up a link, whether it be to, to play around with an option for a rolling lockout or for a Thursday night, you know, extra shot at it for AFL fantasy coaches. It's such great flexibility for you and opens up so many possibilities because most of the big forwards you're going to want this year in your forward line 
have that midfield status to go with it as well. So whether or not he's on your ground in the forward line or he's just your swing man in the midfield, those two capacities, yes, his scoring potential, but his job security and that DPP link, that is so important to have in our cash cows when we can get it. Yeah, definitely is. And, uh, you know, if there were heaps of them, then Will Settlefield wouldn't be number two because sure. there'd be a lot of other guys at similar rank of the top 50. So job security and um, and the links are uh, absolutely gold. Yeah, look, he, he's got everything you want from a cash cow. Sure, in maybe in in uh, fantasy and dream team, you'd like him marginally cheaper. Like he's quite under 150 in super coach. It is an absolute no brainer selection there. Um, and I feel fantasy and also in dream team. Look, he's under 250 or he's on 251. I think he is in AFL fantasy, but let, let's round out that thousand and say he's under 250,000 in every single format. He's got DPP. He's got job security. He's in a side that will desperately need him to play a lot of midfield minutes um, for them to be competitive um, even more so um, than they're really desiring to be. And so for me, it's a simple selection. And some people go, well, it's too high. He's a cash cow. He's too high. Here's the thing. If Will Setterfield is named round one, will he be in your starting squad? Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a pretty serious fantasy coach. Chances are he's in your team, and that's what makes him so relevant. Yep, 100%. That's why he's so relevant. Already you look at the ownership numbers across all the formats, he's right in that top bunch of not just under 250 players, of every scoring format, of every line, he is in that top bunch. And that's what makes him so relevant. He will be one of, if not the most highly owned cash cows for us this year. And he will be hugely relevant for every single side based on the numbers and the form he delivers. Right now for me, mate, he's starting every single format. Let's, sorry, man. So you're just going to go draft? Let's talk drafts. So he's unlikely to be drafted, you think, in a single season? I think, especially, depending on how deep the league is, both in coaches and squads, I think he's a very, 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 very late select. Like, you're, you're just throwing out the last couple of spots. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to, you know, your last pick. Yeah, the DPP, it'll give you some flexibility. It might help you out. Maybe you've got Caleb Daniel running around, and maybe there's a nice lineup that you might want to get him on the group. Sure, whatever. Maybe as a last pick. Yeah, so in terms of a single-season league, what would you be expecting him to average? Oh, look, with 55, any- 60? Yeah, look, I'll take that. I'll happily take that. Um, given his price point, I'll happily take that. Yeah, look, he might be one to watch later in the season from a single season draft because, as we're saying, he's not fully fit yet, or even no. if he is, he's barely back. So there's every chance they ease him into the team sure. at a half forward role or something. He, he's a chance to be someone who gets more midfield minutes and points later in the season, sure. um, assuming he's fit enough he's yeah. with the preseason. So. Someone to keep tabs on, but maybe not draft initially. Yeah, well, look, he, you know, his debut game, he got, I think it was 70 um, in Dream Team Fantasy, 60-odd in Supercoach. So, you know, if you get anything anywhere near like that, it's waiver-wire territory. Um, you're probably not drafting it. But in a keeper league, it's a little bit more different. I Here's the thing. If I owned him in a keeper league and someone came knocking for him and offered me something decent, I'd do it. I'd do it. I know the potential's really high, but as you also mentioned in a keeper league, that list of basically a dozen injuries over the past four or five years. If I could get something for a guy that I wasn't bullish on, he's going 90 and 100 in the next two years, I'd take it. What about you? 
Yeah, he's, he's, that run of injuries is almost sort of Brad Crouch-like, isn't it? You sort of knew I was going to go far. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just, um, just make me cry. It's like his, his potential is huge, but you just need to get him on the park. Yep. And um, there is one saving grace from that point of view, from a Carlton point of view, Ooh. and that is Andrew Russell. So if Ooh. people don't know Andrew Russell, he's basically the uh, guru at the Hawks who is credited with fixing up Sean Burgoyne's Jager injury O'Meara. issues. Jager O'Meara. Um, Sewer Rioli's hamstrings, yep. guys like that. You know, Clarko loved him, and the Blues have just poached him to be the director of high performance mm. with a view to fixing up their injuries, their preseason, their fitness, that sort of thing. So, if there's anyone he would want to be working with, it's Andrew Russell. And I like the way you think, mate. Appreciate that. Hey, and thanks also for taking the time to chat about uh, young Will Setterfield. Yep, cheers. If you want to go and uh, check out this podcast episode uh, back again, just uh, hit stop, play, off you go again. You can also go back and check out all the other plays we've revealed at the 50 most relevant right up until this point. The articles are online for you at coachespanel.tv and there is now only one player remaining to reveal in the 50 most relevant. Yeah, you don't have to think too hard about who it is. But here's the thing. I'm going to make you wait one more day. Tomorrow, a special podcast. Rids is coming back. And we're going to talk about 10 players that were unlucky to miss the 50 most relevant. Because, Tim, before we wrap up this episode, in the end, it's a subjective list. In the end... You could put 80 players in the 50 most relevant and people still wouldn't be happy. There are a heap of names that you probably go, okay, we know who the number one likely is unless MJ has completely lost his rocker, which I wouldn't rule that out, by the way. But you could probably think of 30 names that belong to be in the conversation about it. So it's going to be interesting to see some of the names that pop up tomorrow. Absolutely. And as you say, it's subjective and it's fun, right? Yeah. So it's generating discussion. So if our 50 match your 50, then... um What's the what's the fun in that? You already know the answers. Yeah, exactly right. All right, tomorrow that lands. Make sure you get subscribing. Make sure you leave five star ratings at reviews via Spotify and iTunes. Get ready for those notifications because this podcast is going to be a long one, but it's going to be talking about some of the most relevant players. Yeah, they're still relevant if they don't make the top fifty. Some of the most relevant players that I just couldn't squeeze in.